One of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to take a road trip and uh, visit some baseball stadiums in part of the country that I've always wanted to go to. Uh, one being Wrigley Field, others up around the lakes, and uh, just make a couple uh, uh, trips to some places that I know that my dad and I would have gone to if he was still around today. And I'm going to do that one time to get a little idea of it and then take my son and my grandson with me on the next time that we do that. So I'm going to do a little bit of that. And thank you. I appreciate it so much. And uh, the leaders of our church are just wonderful. And I've always, always been blessed by leadership around me and supportive of what God's been doing, and, and, and I appreciate it, and it's so good. We're blessed, we're blessed to have uh, people who can step into to leadership roles and, as Tim said, not skip a beat for that six-month uh, uh, break. <laughs> I heard that. I, I, I must have been the Lord. No, I'm, I couldn't do that. It will be hard for six weeks to learn that, but uh, anyway, I'm going to try, try to just like unplug, you know, and I've uh, never done that before, and that's not a smart thing, very not smart, but I've never done that before, so I'm going to really try to do that. Maybe by the third weekend, I'll start to unplug <laughs> a little bit, but I'll try. All right, we are in songs in the key of Luke. We are in the gospel of Luke, and when I get back, uh, um, we're going to continue in Luke. We had some, I've already have some sermons that have crafted out already, so when I come back, it's not going to be like I, I have to find somewhere to go with my, in the Word. I'm already there. So, uh, but today, I want to finish this mini, mini portion of the Gospel of Luke when we've been talking about songs in the key of, of Luke, songs in the key of our life. And uh, I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you this question, uh, I think it's from the Lord, and it's a personal question to all of us. Will you carry His song? Will you carry His song? The Bible, as we've said throughout the Psalms and many other places, encourages us and exhorts us to sing. Sing to the Lord, all you people. Sing to the Lord a new song. So singing is a big part. And, and singing, we've used that. At, yeah, we're, it's about singing. There's nothing better than a singing church, you know, a singing church, a singing soul. Um, but there's more to it than singing. It, we're using the song and singing our song as a metaphor that describes our entire life as a newborn Spirit-led, Spirit-filled believer expressing in the full way that God wants us to who we are in Christ to, to a world that needs us, each one of us. As Irenaeus, one of the early church fathers said, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. So if we're going to bring glory to God, he wants you and I to be fully alive. A full, complete expression of the song that we were created to not only know and, 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 and write, but, but perform, sing. So the Holy Spirit's all about that. He wants our soul to sing. He wants us to express our spiritual gifts uh, around the family of God, in the house of God, but not just there, in the world. God wants us to express our gifts. A singing family of believers that's fully expressing the gifts of God, not only in the church, but in the world. And in the church, how about this idea? How about this? The Holy Spirit wants to use our song. He wants to use our lives because He always wants in every generation brand new babies born in the kingdom of God. Huh? Brand new births, every generation. The most boring fishing trip you could ever go on would be one you went all week on and not, didn't catch a thing, right? You want to get electricity in the church again? Seeing souls come to Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. So this song, there is a song 
a song in the key of life, in your life, and that song, you were born again to sing. And even if you can't really sing, if someone's told you, I hope they haven't, but if you don't think you can carry a tune in a bucket, sing anyway. Carry it in your heart. Because when we sing, really sing, I mean, talking music, singing songs to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will tune it to perfect pitch because God wants his kids to sing. Even if the world doesn't want to listen, God wants his kids to sing, and he tunes it so the Father thinks it's music in his ears. Amen. No matter who we are. But God wants more than that. He wants the message of our life to be like a song, fine-tuned. He wants us to allow the Holy Spirit of God to continue to unveil to us our spiritual DNA because the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord and the Bible says that the secret of the Lord belongs, will be revealed to those who revere him, to those who are faithful to him. God wants to tell you secrets about yourself, about what he wants to do in your life, through your life, and he wants to reveal those things and he wants you to sing them. Sing your life. Use your gifts. Know them and reveal them. Let them come up and out of the wellspring of the creativity that the Spirit of God has placed within you and out of your innermost being let rivers of living water flow. How will you? Will you? Will you carry his song? Are you willing to break out, burst out, birth out of your soul, bring out the song of the Lord. Nobody can carry your song. Nobody can carry my song. We can only carry our song that is his song. If we're going to do that, I want to come back one more time to the questions I've asked a couple of weeks now, and here it is again. Here it is again. I'm really thinking of individuals here. I'm thinking of some of the young, young people in this church. I'm, I'm thinking of kids, middle school kids, High school kids, right now, I'm asking you this question. You, you, are, you are in this whether you know it or not. Who is in your studio? Who is in your soul? Who's in your head? Right? I allowed people to get into my head in my adolescent years and felt like they had editing rights to who I was meant to be. And I allowed myself to, to be intimidated by people who didn't know what God wanted from my life more than anybody in a man in the moon. Who has editing rights to your spiritual expressions? Will your soul be cloistered, that means shut in, Nazareth, or like Jesus, will you be nurtured in Nazareth, but then explore and expand to his intended destinations? And no one has power over that unless you give them power over that. It's really up to you. If you're where you are, it's because you are where you are. And so let God birth something new. How's that happen? Well, let's start with prayer. Hold out your hands. Close your eyes, but lift your heart eyes to heaven and say this out loud. Come, Lord. Make my heart a place where your song is created tuned, revealed, and released in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. How many believed that when you did that? Raise your hand at me. Hallelujah. Number one, carrying his song is all about Holy Spiritfulness. 
Stay with me. And his father, Zechariah, Tyler did a great job, didn't he? Tyler did a great job. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Let's talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit. There is a connection between your song being sung and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, God would select an individual, man or woman or whatever, for a specific task and fill them in that task with the Holy Spirit. The Bible would say the Spirit came upon David with power. The Spirit came upon Samson with power. There would be a specific moment, a specific filling for a specific task and purpose, not on everyone, on individuals, kings, prophets, priests, princesses, uh, commoner, Joseph, people like that. But, and it wouldn't reside forever. There would be a moment, a season in their life, they'd be filled with the Spirit. Contrasting that to the New Testament, New Covenant, when, when a person truly believes in Jesus and receives Christ, the Holy Spirit, now listen, who is a person, a person, not a it, not a feeling, not a force, a person, the third person of the Godhead, makes your spirit alive and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us in permanent residency, okay? Permanent residency, but Holy Spirit residency is different than Holy Spirit fullness. Holy Spirit residency is different than Holy Spirit fullness. Paul critiqued the Corinthian church. He, he writes a letter to them. He says, now listen, here's who you are. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. That means you're a Christian, right? Last time I checked, washed in the blood. Sanctified, made holy called into fellowship with Jesus Christ. Sounds like a Christian. He said, you and, and your church lacks no spiritual gift. Right? They have the Holy Spirit residing in them as believers. And then he says to them, but you're acting like people who don't even have the Holy Spirit. You're acting like people who aren't even saved. You're acting like mere men. And then he encourages them to go on a deep dive with the Holy Spirit in the second chapter and on and on. Because there is a difference between the Holy Spirit residing in a person and the Holy Spirit filling a person. Stay with me. Filling a person. Filling a person. That's where the song is born. That's where the song comes out. Fullness. It's about seeking God's presence. It's about continually being open to the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's about listening to his voice and moving on what he says in your life. Because Peter said, God gives the Holy Spirit to those who listen to him, obey him. Hupakoin theu, meaning under the voice of God. People who are under the voice of God are those that he will distribute the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Fullness is about welcoming God and His will. It's about, it's about continually putting your life under the faucet that never shuts off. Fullness is about bringing the cup of your soul under the fountain that never runs dry. Jesus wants His Holy Spirit residing believers to live in the fullness of the Spirit. How do you know if you're filled? You know by what comes out. 
How do you know if you're filled? You know by what comes out. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water, right? Have you ever had someone say to some, about somebody else, hey, they're full of, and they don't mean the Holy Spirit? Sad, huh? Sadly, sadly, and we probably all would be at this moment at some time in our life where we're reside, the Holy Spirit, but someone might even say about you, hey, you're full of, now I'm thinking baloney, I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm thinking, first service, nine o'clock, I don't know what they were thinking, but we're all thinking, you know, we're thinking King James Version, Bible, right, whatever. The, the, the residential relationship with God was not given to us to be an end but a beginning, a beginning. It's not to end at the beginning. It's a beginning that's to never end as deep calls unto deep. I remember snorkeling in deep waters in the Caribbean with my kids and the Wharton family. Remember that, Tim? Huh? Well, we're, we're, we're snorkeling. We try to snorkel in the Caribbean once a week. No, not right. No, but we, we went, we went and, and, and we didn't know this, but do you remember this? Uh, okay, crystal clear blue water, but we're out in the deep. And you looked, and you had your mask on and your thing, and you go down. We started going down, and there was a boat, like a ship, sunk at the bottom. And I remember we were like calculating, do we go down, do we go down? It was pretty deep. And I can't remember if Trey went down. I can't remember if you went. I can't remember if anybody went down. But I knew this. I went down a little bit. I was just going to observe. And the reason I was going to observe was because I was raised in the 70s, and I saw Jaws, and I saw The Deep. And... <laughs> And in the movie, The Deep, there's this scene where this guy, he's down, he's, and he's looking in the windows of this boat down in the bottom. All of a sudden, this eel comes out. And the guy, like, his mask comes off and the whole deal. I didn't want that to happen to me. Ruined my vacation. I didn't want to go to the Lord yet. I wanted things to do in my life. So, but here's the thing. In 1 Corinthians 2, when Paul takes these carnal Christians, he says, listen, God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to reveal to you the deep things of God. And the deep things of God is this nautical term in the Greek that means the Holy Spirit wants to take you on a deep dive into the things that God is... In other words, God wants what you... When, when you're squeezed and when I'm squeezed, He wants your song to come out. Here's a testimony about me. At the beginning of March, I was on a gurney in the ER... I wasn't doing a bit part for a movie or anything. I was in, in a gurney. I went on a gurney to the ER. My head feeling like it was going to explode because I could feel the pulsating beats of my heart in my neck. My blood pressure was 150 over 130, and it had been that way all day long. I drove myself to the hospital because I thought I was going to stroke out. Um, they watched over me. Uh, couldn't really bring it down much, but it came down some, and they sent me home. So I thought I was going to die in my sleep that night. That's true. True story. Um, coming up on the, on the back end of that was my week trip. Not weekly. I wish it wasn't weekly, but I was going to take a week trip to uh, the mountains of Tennessee. And on a drive to the Smokies in my car by myself, the grace of God visited me in my car. Hallelujah. And he gave me a passion to pray and sing in tongues. Tongues. That's a language that you don't know. Uh, in other words, pray in the Holy Spirit and sing in the Holy Spirit. 
Paul said, he who prays in a tongue, his spirit prays, but his mind doesn't understand it. And then Paul said, so, I will pray with my understanding, I'll sing with my understanding, and I'll take a deep dive. I will pray with my spirit, and I'll sing with my spirit. So, on that trip in the car there, I began to pray in tongues and sing in tongues, and I, I did that throughout the week, not 24 hours, but I had these, and I did that. Um, remember, where my blood pressure was, my blood work was out of control. I was having heart palpitations. I was being flooded with fear about that gripping my mind and my heart. My triglycerides were 284 at the beginning of March. My cholesterol was 240-something total. Today I stand here, uh, and I weighed 197 pounds. I stand here today weighing 179 pounds. My blood pressure regularly is 105 over 75. I'm 15 to 20 miles walking and running a week. My triglycerides are 74, and my cholesterol is under 200. And I'm flooded with the peace of God. I'm flooded with the peace of God in my soul and in my mind. In storms, but the storm's not in me. Because, why? God broke the power of those things off my soul so I could be healthy, do healthy, and allow him to be the great producer in the studio of my life. And Lord, I just want to th thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. And so on my sabbatical, I'm going to take a deep dive with the Holy Spirit um, because Isaiah points out that in the age of the Holy Spirit, this will be the rest that causes the weary to rest. Praying in tongues, praising the Lord beyond yourself breaks dark, listen, breaks dark powers and fears and pressures and lifts a yoke off where it was never intended to be. Yokes can be all around us, but they don't have to be on us and in us. How many of you are here with me today? He made us born again so we could sing a song of freedom. And we get the creative wellsprings bubbling up when we carry his song in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Part two, number two. Carrying his song is all about shining a light on the heart of heaven's king, and he becomes the theme of my life song. Gifted, gifted, whatever and however, gifted, but your gift expression points to him. And although people will look to you, there will be something about you that points to him. Zechariah said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Yes, he was blessed, but he wasn't pointing to his blood. He was saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, because what he has done, he has visited us. He's accomplished redemption for his people. See, the Holy Spirit is always about shining a light in us so we can shine a light on God. If we're all about his glory, I don't think the church will ever have to ask and worry about losing the glory of God. If we are about his glory, I don't think we'll have to worry about the church losing the glory of God. Nope, I don't think so at all. If you're a Bible nerd, you love this passage because you're, you already know that it's triggered. You're thinking, hmm, he came down to visit. That sounds like the Exodus. It does. 
Zechariah is saying there's an exodus coming again, but this one is greater than the exodus of Egypt. This is greater than the exodus brought by Moses. There is someone greater than Moses that's coming on the scene and bringing a greater exodus. And then he goes on more and he says, he's raised up a horn of salvation for us. In the, this is the song we present. Not these words, but the expression of what's in this song we present. There is a horn of salvation for us. Horn is not talking about a trumpet. It's not a melodic or a musical term here. It's, it's a significant uh, uh, pointing to a king and pointing to the power, the strength of a king who overpowers the enemy and brings about deliverance and salvation. And he says, God's going to come down and do this because God wants a, a new exodus in every generation. God wants, we, there shouldn't be a generation where we have to ask God to come back again, where we have to ask God to come visit us because it's like he left. Listen, the Holy Spirit has never left the world, but the church a lot of times has left the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the problem. I said the anointing isn't the problem. It's resident Christians not taking deep dives in the Holy Spirit and listening to God. What kind of exodus? Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. That means salvation from the powers of darkness that are assigned to keep you from singing your song. What? God isn't interested in drowning people. He isn't interested in bringing disaster on individuals. He's interested in drowning demons. He's interested in drowning them in the sea of the blood of the cross. He's interested when the enemy comes in, God will send a flood and wash them away. The enemy is the devil. The enemy is not people. The enemy isn't the liberals. The enemy isn't the conservatives. The enemy isn't political. The enemy is spiritual who can animate political people and Christian people and unchristian people. The enemy is behind the scenes. But God's come to bring an exodus for all of us. And by us singing a song, we can lead others out of what God's led us out of. When we have the touch of the Spirit of God on our life, we can break things off the atmosphere. Ooh. When we have the touch... How is it that people can come to church and have the Holy Spirit, born-again people, but have the ab absence of the touch? It's because the touch comes when people are hungry for the touch. When people are open to God. If, you li if we live a life of carnality and walk through the door and expect the switch to just come out of nowhere... We bring in the atmosphere that we've carried. Say it over on this side. We bring in the atmosphere we carried into the building. If the crickets are chirping, it's because we've been spending too much time with the crickets. We need to be under the spout like the old timer said, where the glory comes out. Come on. To grant us that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Bible nerds, that's a term that points to the Old Testament priests. And there were only people who were selective priests. There were only certain people that could represent us to God. But now in the new covenant, we're all priests. And grandmas can serve him without fear. 
Grandpas, car mechanics can not only worship Him in a church, but serve Him in the world and sing a song, right? There was, there was one priest out of the six people mentioned in the first two chapters of Luke. Only one was a priest. One was a priest's wife. The rest were just common people. God's saying something about that. Dental hygienists can walk in the glory of the Lord. drive through window workers, same. Car mechanics, I already said that. And even, blow your mind, preachers. Even preachers. Even preachers. Hmm. We worship with our song. We reveal Him because God wants to take away disgrace and bring people into a place of grace so we can have holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. Jesus has already accomplished this. Here's what I'm trying to say. True Holy Spirit fullness will reveal a deep revelation of Bible truth. We, we have a lot of Bible truth, right? Bible truth everywhere. We're the most biblically educated nation on planet Earth, 10 times over. Church on every corner, pretty much, in every town. And even in towns like ours, we get people sitting here saying, God called me here to build a megachurch, or God called me here to build four super Walmarts. I mean, Holy Spirit. As I said before, it's not the Holy Spirit's fault. But God wants us to reveal deep Bible truths that are recognized from coming from the author. Because the Bible truth we reveal should be like the author of the Bible. And if we speak in his name, it should be like his tone. It should be like his heart. Number three, carrying his song must remain in tune to the heart of heaven's king and kingdom. A shift, <clears throat> a shift in the tone from the old to the new about John. You child, you child will be called the prophet of the most high God for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways. We're going to look at what his ways. What is this preparation for people to come into the ways of the Lord? What's it look like? We're going to go there. It has a lot to do with the tone, a lot to do with, the, with what we're going to see here. Zechariah is singing about his little baby, John. He wasn't a Baptist yet. No, John wasn't a Baptist, by the way. John the Baptist, that wasn't a denominational tag. John the baptizer, he was a baptizer. He was a forerunner. He was preparing the way. But let's talk about John. John's birth, this is a lot like where we are. John's birth is, is like, uh, like uh, on a bridge. Like when Moses was born, they put him in a basket, sent him down the Nile. And this didn't really happen. I'm using it symbolically. John's on a bridge. He is on a bridge transitioning from the old way, the old song, which was God's. This was God's song. And in the old song, God said he was going to do a new song. He was going to do a new thing that would be so dr dramatic that it would, you'd actually forget the former thing. It would be, there would be an exodus that was coming so powerfully that it would make you forget the Red Sea parting. So you're thinking, wow, what's that going to be like? Who would have thought, baby? No one would have thought that. So John is on a bridge, the old all the way to John. John's a part of the old, but he's not always, he's also reaching into the new. There's a transition going on. John is in a cocoon where the tone of the glorious old song is going to experience a metamorphosis. And he's preparing the way for that. And he's wrestling it over, over it himself, right? 
when John, John sees the Spirit come down on Jesus, he calls him the Lamb of God. That's an old song reference. Right? But even in the midst of the ministry of John, he's like, wait a minute, go ask him, are you the one? Or do we look for someone else? He's like every prophet before. The Spirit of Christ in them was pointing, but they tried with great pains to understand it. John's preaching suspended between two ages, explaining with all he has what it is. He's seeing it all culminating in one moment, so he sees the fire and the pitchfork and the threshing floor. He sees the lamb. He sees it all, and he has no idea how it fits. And that's who he is. That's who he is. And how it unfolds, he has no idea. But he, listen, it's not our job to figure out why God is using us the way he's using us. It's not our job to try to understand and control the way God's manifesting his life out of our life. Even if we feel like we're suspended in animation out in the middle of nowhere with just a life, just just one thing holding us up, sing your song, man. Because you're preaching to ages that aren't even born yet. You're honoring the work of people that you never met before you. We're on a bridge. But God wants to take this church and take your kids and take your grandkids off that bridge and be just like John and come on the scene. I so long for the Holy Spirit to move in our day. I so long for every single week we have encounters with God. I so long for you to get fed one more steak dinner. But more than that, I so long that 10 years from now we're not selling this building unless we've grown out of it. I so long that 25 years from now we're not like buildings up in another part of Cumberland that that, that at one time in the 40s and the 50s was filled with people. huh? But in those generations they were not looking ahead. Or if they were looking ahead they thought no new Old all the way, old all the way, old all the way, old all the way, yippee-yay-yay, old all the way, and then you die, and there's no one that was on the bridge. The old song was God's song, but in the old song... The final incarnation of the old song was in a young man named John. And he was to lead to the awareness of our need and create a crisis of soul. And if you didn't feel the need for mercy and forgiveness and you were wrapped in garments and Bibles all over your head, through shock and awe he came with locust wings hanging off his lips and his breath smelling like wild honey wrapped in a camel's garb, thundering in the desert. That even Roman soldiers got under it and thought, what do we have to do? That's how powerful this man was. But there's a difference between the thunder of John and what was going to come up out of that water. And Jesus, in his ministry, takes the tone of what would be in the new and says it was in the old But now it's going to be enhanced and brought to the forefront. He says to those of the old, go and learn what this means. Go listen to the album again. And listen to the lyric that says, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. The melody of the new is a remastered old that highlights the merciful heart of God. If you want to give people a heavenly opportunity that flows unhindered through the church 
and through our lives, it's tuned to the heart of the king. Second of all, the melody highlights the gift of merciful forgiveness. Watch this. He's talking about his son and his ministry, uh, John. He says, you're going to give people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Let me break it down. Uh, The Greek word for knowledge, gnosis, means like, um, I know the first line of the Gettysburg Address. Blah. But I'm not Abraham Lincoln. I didn't write it. Gnosis knowledge means I can lead somebody on the Roman road to Christ even if I'm not saved myself. You know, I could have done that as a Baptist kid growing up. Have you, do you know that? There are people that quote the Bible and they don't know the God of it. Is that new? That's not new. Epigenosis. Epigenosis says you get the feels of the no. You're going to have an experiential, intimate knowledge of God based on this. The forgiveness of sins. The intimate knowledge, the feels that come with it in your knowing will be experienced through the forgiveness of your sins. Why? Because of the tender mercy of our God. It wasn't that God was mad in the old and got nice with his son in the new, with Jesus saying, Daddy, don't hurt them, Daddy, don't hurt them. No, 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 no. The heart of the, mer- of the law was mercy. And the incarnation of it all was coming out in a man coming up out of the water. That when, listen, when the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus, he didn't manifest as a lion. He manifested as a dove. A dove. And when John is caught up in the thunderous applause of heaven's crescendo of worship, The angel says, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. He turns to look for a lion. There's no lion there. There's a lamb. And we sing the song, the lion and the lamb. We ought to tweak it because to be technically accurate, the lion is a lamb. Not and, is. Intimacy with the Lord in the ministry of the melody of God's heart is about experiencing sins forgiven. It's about being embraced, and you know it, by the tender mercy of God. Here's an image. They let a man down before Jesus through the roof. He's paralyzed, right? And when Jesus sees them, sees their faith, he says, be healed. No, he doesn't. He says, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. And they say, what? Only God can forgive sins. Editors writes, the Pharisees, hey, we run the knobs on the soundboard. Right? And Jesus said, well, to show you that I have rights to the song that I'm singing, I want to show you Rise Up and Walk. So, Jesus comes to us paralyzed in soul, more in us than than, than's being expressed out of us, more living water on the inside, residency without fullness, shallow dive rather than deep dive, and a lot of it is, is because of what we've been taught, how we've been influenced, what we feel about ourselves, guilt, even when we're under grace, 
and were cloistered in Nazareth, confined, not expressed. And what he wants to do is take our paralytic soul and let us feel this word. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Rise up and walk. Rise up and write. Rise up and dream. Rise up and create. Rise up and express the glory of God. Come on. Intimate forgiveness creates an exodus in people, that we walk out of soul paralysis into the land flowing with milk and honey, and we find that someone already dug a well for us, a well that we didn't dig is already there. Come on. Come on. They will all know me, he says to Jeremiah and through Jeremiah. They will all know me. How? From the least to the greatest. How? I will be merciful to their really bad sins. Iniquity in the Hebrew, really bad sins. I will be mercy-filled toward their really bad sins, and they're going to know me because I'm going to personalize the epigenosis. I'm going to personalize by the Spirit to their soul that I've been merciful to them. And that's how they're going to know me, from the least to the... I'm going to create a melodic melody in them that will bring them out of darkness into the light of Jesus. A greater than Moses is here. A greater song. Here's the last thing. A message that shines on a clear path so people he loves can find their way home. Look, I love this. I love the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing I always wonder about. The Holy Spirit created things out of nothing, right? I mean, would you have thought zebra? Would you have thought it? Right? Would you have thought it? Would you have thought, I mean, have you ever, have you ever seen those, those little fish and little things that, that, that live in the bottom, like miles down in the ocean that no one would ever see, but they're down there and you go to, a, you go to an aquarium and you see them and you look at them and they're like so brilliantly created and you think, God, God, God just made, he knew someday people, they would come up in an aquarium and we'd go, you know, you would know would have never, he didn't make them for, he just, he's that way. So if the Holy Spirit is that way, can anybody create something? Perhaps different? Perhaps new? Perhaps completely new? Right? I wonder if he's run out of ideas. Do you think that he has run out of ideas? Hmm. Well, then the next songs we write, maybe a whole new template will be made. I think there's kids getting ready to bust in on us because I told them to. Let's just move there. One, two, let's just go there. He says, and the child continued to grow and become strong in the spirit. Look at this. Come on up, kids. I don't know where you are. Here's the pa- Let's go back. Let's go back one. Here's, the pa- here, here's, what, here's what will bring people home. Where the ministry that comes out of me and you would be described like sunrise from on high visiting us. Think of this. It will be like people who are sitting in the dark in a shadow will feel like someone's guiding their feet into a pathway of peace. These, these kids, these kids of shine kids. <laughs> he just said, 
Zion has been in it twice. I just heard him say, we've already, we already done, done this. We already, we, already, we already done this. We already done this. Where's AZ? Is AZ in this group too? Where's AZ? AZ, there she is. AZ came down into my office. I keep telling the, these guys I'm going to have a, a replenishment of Skittles for them in my office, and I keep forgetting. And she knocked on the door very graciously, and she said, Pastor Uncle Tim, you got you to remember for Skittles. And she said, next week, get here early and don't be late. <laughs> so I, I will try. This is a bridge. We had a ton of little ones here in the first service. You're a bridge. You're a bridge. Why, 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 do, we need, why, do, why do we need to have our heart? Why do we need to have our heart turned toward right here? Because this, this right here, I don't, right? Cliche, but it's true. You blink your eyes, you blink your eyes, and 10 years comes on these kids. But here's what's going on. Let's go to the next slide. Here's what's going on. Probably not in, in mo many of these kids because they're being raised up the right way. But there are kids, there are other kids. And, 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 and listen, and, and how many of you know that, that people who go to church have the same problems that people who don't go to church? Raise your hand. That's a yes answer. The children in our ministries have things going on that would curl our hair if we knew what went on behind their closed doors. They need to see someone every week who loves them and will be Jesus to them. They need mentors, not babysitters. I want to encourage you to turn your heart toward these kids, not just for now, but as weeks go by. When you pray about our church, you pray about the country, pray that all over this country there will be little ones like this that are raised to, to grow up in the tunic of the priesthood. Not to be in the ministry per se in a church, but their life becomes a song that is expressing the melody of heaven, that in the earliest moments of their life, like John and like Jesus and like others, they come into an awareness that the Word has a personal, a personal DNA for them. And they come into the awareness of that and they come on the scene. I would like you to stand. A lot of these kids are nestled in Nazareth right now, growing up in grace, learning the Word, learning the things of the Spirit having mentors, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to join the Shine Kids team, to get a hold of Tyler or Christine, and, and maybe offer your services. Help us out. We have a, a great group, but it's a small group of helpers and workers. We need more. We need more to mentor. We need, we, if your heart is about that and how important it is that 10 years from now, the foundation of our church will be solid and maybe stronger than it is today. Ten years from now, some of these kids will be like uh, Brooke and Emily and, and, uh, and Brooke the second, uh, whoever's the first, and, 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 and be a part of this, or not even a part of this, but, but in the world and, and in the things of everyday life are an expression. That's what I want, don't you? Would you pray with me? Oh, that we would allow you, Holy Spirit, to fill all of us. Oh, that we would allow you to fill us, take us on deep dives, move in our midst. That we'd allow you to move on us today and in us and through us and to us. We want to live a life that's in a deep, dynamic, creative change relationship with you. We ask you to fill us so it overflows. 
We ask you to fill our lives in such a way that we point people to this pathway of peace. That the way we live, when we come on the scene, it's like a sunshine coming up over the ridge that shines to the tender mercy of God to people. That you'd help us to serve these kids, serve into the next generation, so their life could be a personal epigenosis with you, with their sins gone, being priests that stand in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life that we would not allow them to be cloistered, that we would not allow them to be cluttered, that we would not allow them to just stay stagnant in a place, even in a church, but Lord, that their life would be a, a launch pad. Your anointing. And I pray for people to pray. I pray for people to serve and shine kids, Lord, that they would join and help that we need more people who have a heart to see our church raise a group of singers and New Testament spokesmen for God. And we want to spend some time this morning asking you to visit each of us. And may your blessing rest on us in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys.